Hello, my name is Tyler Dunn, and you're watching Goals and Updates, where we take negative thinking and transform it to positive thinking. I started Goals and Updates after helping my friend who was going through suicidal thoughts and was put on drugs by a doctor who stated it wasn't her fault, that she was born this way. I realized at this time my friend needed the truth because the truth will set you free. After helping my friend change her negative thinking to positive thinking, I quickly realized that I could help people by changing the way we think automatically to a more positive mindset. Thank you for checking out Goals and Updates and enjoy the show. Up, everybody? My name is Tyler Dunn with Goals and Updates, where we change your negative mindset into a positive mindset. We're on episode 114, which is uh, episode 114 of Goals and Updates. Now, I haven't been, you know, I haven't really been on my A game with goals and updates right now just because I'm trying to get licensed in Florida to sell health insurance. So I'll go over that when I get to my updates. But normally, if you're new to this show, how I do the show is I go through, it's called goals and updates for a reason. I go through my updates in the beginning of things that I'm trying to accomplish, thing, just to give you an understanding basically of an, uh, a deeper look into my life where you can basically see that I'm trying to implement all this stuff that I'm telling you into my own life. And so you can basically see that I'm human, that, uh, that I'm not perfect, even though I'm, I'm telling you about different things and I'm trying to change my own life and I'm trying to implement or implement new things into my life, I'm not perfect. So that's where the goals and the updates in the beginning kind of play out in goals and updates, where I'm trying to show you my own life and how I'm in- implementing things, challenging myself, doing different things out of my comfort zone, and so what, and so forth. So uh, that's, we normally do the updates in the beginning. I then go into two topics for the show that are going to help you and help myself become a better, change the negative mindset that we are defaulted with and change into a more positive mindset. So the two topics I'll talk about today is talk, to, talk yourself into winning, and then the second topic is going to be control. And then I'll talk about Dundee Investments, and then we'll wrap it up. But before I get into the updates, I'm going to go over what's behind me on the board. Now, if you're looking at from top to bottom, the first one is goals and updates for our Podbean website hosting. Um, I guess it's more of like a hosting site for our physical goals and updates episodes. So every single time I film an episode, it eventually goes on to the Podbean platform. And then from there, it, it's designed as a hosting site. It'll go to uh, uh, Apple iTunes or I'm sorry, Apple Podcasts, and stuff like that. Now, <clears throat> I am, we will get there, but I am, am proud to announce that we did get approved with Apple Podcasts. So I'm finally on Apple Podcasts. So anything that gets updated through the Podbean platform gets updated automatically to the Apple Podcast platform. Now, I am new to Apple Podcasts. I'm not you know, 100% sure how to change certain things. I think it just goes by the Podbean platform. So if I need something to change on Apple Podcasts, I have to change it on the physical website for uh, the Podbean platform. So it's a little bit confusing. But anyways, so if you do want to go and and look at our older episodes, uh, if you miss maybe like a live stream and you're not able to engage with us, then you can go on that website and that's where all the old episodes get put up. And it's just goalsandupdates.podbean.com. That's our physical main website where I upload the podcast audio episodes onto that platform. And then you can it's mobile. You can go on the website. You can download the app. It's all mobile. Listen to it in your car. 
Uh, so there's no excuse that people can't listen to it if they miss the stream. Now, Patreon support is just basically donations. So right now we only have a dollar membership. That's patreon.com slash goals and updates. And that's basically just if you like the content I'm producing, if you want to help me out because I pretty much pay for everything that you're seeing here, the mic, the board, the, the chairs, things that complement the, the guests that come on the show. Every little thing obviously needs to be paid for. And that's where Patreon support comes in where you can actually physically uh, donate a dollar. You can sign up to, to basically do a Patreon for me. And you can sign up and pay less than a cup of coffee every single month to help support the show, right? Because it's a dollar. I think the, the lowest you can get on a cup of coffee is about $1.14. So it's less than a cup of coffee, right? So that's awesome. Now, you're probably thinking to yourself, it's only a dollar. It's probably not going to really help you out. Every little thing helps. So, you know, the mindset of that is, is pretty weak. I mean, if you're giving me a dollar, the next person next to you is giving me a dollar, and we get 20 people giving me a dollar, that's $20 a month. That's helping support the show in some way, shape, or form. And even though $20 doesn't sound like a lot, it's just the, the fact that, you know, every helping hand helps. So that's that's the point I'm trying to get across. For less than a cup of coffee a month, everyone should be able to afford that. I will be coming out with more membership opportunities where it's going to be a dollar, maybe $5 and $10, and you get, obviously, bonus content, different things. I just, right now, it's been so chaotic, I haven't been able to do that. And the last thing on the board as you'll see, is very new. It's Apple Podcasts. So that's, I just got approved on Apple Podcasts, which is pretty awesome. We have, I think about, I think we have 30 episodes on there. I'm working on getting the, the I think 40 episodes up there right now. Now I'm obviously behind. I'm doing it by myself. We're on episode 114 right now. So that's Apple Podcasts. I think only Apple products, you're allowed to go on that Apple Podcast app. So that's brand new. That gives more accessibility to anyone that's on the that doesn't want to go through the the goals and updates or the Podbean platform. You want to just basically go because I had a lot of people ask me. This is the the main reason I, I went and tried to get Apple Podcast uh, approved for this was because I had a lot of people that said I only listen to podcasts through the Apple Podcast uh, app or that platform, and those are the only areas that I go for my podcasting. Because I guess they think of it as more of a reliable source. So uh, I had a lot of people that told me, at, at least at Toastmasters, where they're like, hey, I'll listen to it, but let me know when it's on Apple Podcasts, and that's when I'll listen to it. And so now I can, you know, I'm going to send a little uh, little email blast over there. But so we're on Apple Podcasts, which is awesome. So that all you have to do is go to the app, search it, goals and updates will pop up. So though, that's, what, that's what the board is behind me. Now I'm going to go into the updates. So with the updates I have right now, I took my, uh, for the third attempt, I took this insurance test yesterday uh, at like 5.45, and I, I was there for like two hours, maybe two hours and a half. I didn't pass it. So I got a 62%, and uh, the reason I'm telling you this is because, uh, you know, it's kind of, it's frustrating because I studied, studied, studied. I went um, and tried to up upplay my flashcards and do different policies and try to get myself more known on different policies in life. And it didn't, it didn't work out. So I got a 62, I think by law, I can only take it two more times within the year. And before I have to wait another year, basically to even attempt to take it again. So, um, that being, you know, I, I'm trying to, you know, and I'm, by the way, they charge you every single time you take this. So it's $44 each time. And then the, the whole reason I'm really delayed on like episodes and because and, normally 
goals and updates is every Monday and Wednesday at 7 p.m. That's when I that's when I set the show up so people would have a time and day to join the live stream and engage. But right now, like with the insurance, it's taken up so much time that I, you know, now I'm on a Thursday trying to do it with you. So it's uh, it's been a little chaotic. Uh, I've taken a lot of time off of work. I've taken you know numerous amounts of hours, probably easily like four. Uh, four weeks, three weeks of studying and three times taking this test. So I'm at a point where I'm pretty frustrated with it. I got out of the test and I really thought I passed it this time when I went through it. And I got out and I was so pissed. Um, and it's, it'll obviously, I'll talk a little bit more about it when I get into the, the topic of, uh, you know, talking, talking yourself into basically winning. Because that's, that's really what I started doing with this topic was I had to talk myself back into trying to take the test or doing something. So what... um. That's so. That's one thing I wanted to update you guys on. That I took the insurance test. I didn't pass it third time or whatever. Um, but I'm gonna try to do something different. And I'm gonna. I looked up some YouTube videos. Looked up some knowledge online on how certain people are studying for this test and how they've passed it. And uh, I think I have a better understanding on how to approach it differently this time and really study it. I'm not gonna schedule it because what I was doing really was I was scheduling it a week after I took it and failed it. And I don't, you know, I don't want to keep wasting the $44 and I don't want to blow the last two chances and then I have to wait a year for this opportunity. So, uh, what's up, Lisa Joe? So, I, um, right now what I'm trying to do is I'm trying to, I'm going to wait a week, right, before I schedule it. I'm going to study every single day up into a week and try to do this new studying technique that I'm looking up and, and looking into. And then from there, what I'm going to do is then schedule it for another, another week ahead and I'm going to study really hard, like extra hard on that whole week. Um, obviously, I'm going to study hard within the first week, but then the second week, I'm going to study even harder. And I'm just going to try to do something different because for all three attempts, I kind of did the same thing, the way I was studying, the way I was setting it up. Uh, I think on the second attempt, I did flashcards. Flashcards helped, but I, uh, my problem is every single time I'm taking the test, it's different questions. The test is not the same it's designed every single time you take it, they're, they're drawing questions. So you don't really know the questions you're going to get. And it's trying to get you so you're really prepared and you're not just, you know, taking the test over and over and over again. And you're just remembering the questions that are being said in the test. So it's kind of, and it's, it's driving me crazy because it's the last thing I need to be certified and licensed um, in the state of Florida to sell an insurance, health insurance, life and health insurance, and then be able to go work for this firm and it's just really annoying because I've paid a bunch of money um, to do fingerprints, to take a course, a 60-hour course. And this 60-hour course really kicked my ass because, you know, even though it sounds, you know, like a, even even the, the term 60 hours just sounds like a lot, right? Um, and at first, I'm like, okay, it's not that bad. I'm just going to tackle it. I've taken courses before and, you know, I've done college before and it can't be much worse than college. And it just took so long to get through that course. And then I had to take a final through that course. Bare, you know, I had to take it multiple times. And it's just, it's a rough process to get licensed in uh, health insurance. And I think like real estate's the same way. I've been talking to my other friend about real estate uh, to get a real estate license in Florida. And it's just very heavily regulated by the government. And it's just really difficult. It's really frustrating. It's difficult. It's not fun. And uh, I definitely underestimated it when I was going into it because uh, my friend, when he was telling me about the opportunity, and I was like, okay, I'll, I want to do that. I want to sell health insurance with you. And he's like, all right, you got to go through this process. And I didn't think it, 
I didn't really think too much of it. You just said, do this, do that, do this, do that. And I went through it and it's kind of kicking my ass a little bit. So this is the last thing I need. And I'll, I'll talk more about it because the topic, the first topic I'm going to talk about is going to lean a little bit more into why I brought up the topic with goals and updates. Uh, I mean with the insurance, I'm sorry, with that insurance test. So anyways, that's one update. The second one is I ended up talking to one of my um, uh, ex-coworkers who I used to work with back at Broward College. And, and he's the one that I've, I've talked about on the show a couple times, which is Edwin, where he owns, he actually got me into the podcasting. Now, a little bit of a, a backstory with him is uh, he owns a podcast called Lemon City Live. So I'm giving a little bit of publicity to him because I did, you know, I haven't really been able to listen to a lot of podcasts and I can only really select a few things to listen to just because of where I'm working um, I don't really have a lot of time. I'm pushing a lot of my own workout and I'm doing a lot of different things. So I really don't have a lot of time to listen to his stuff. Um, and at the same time, he's focused on sports. He's very into sports and his lemon city live podcast, which is founded in Miami, Florida is, um, is very sports oriented. They talk a lot about sports, different soccer, football, um, I'm not sure if they got into golf or anything like that, but it's it, when I've been on there, it's been like football, soccer, um, basketball, I'm trying to think hockey. I think they've talked about a couple times when I've listened to them. So, and, and they do a really good job. And some of the people that he has on the show is, uh, are pretty good too, as well. It's not just, it's not just like this kind of podcast where it's just me talking and I get a guest on once in a while. He gets, he has a lot of people that work with him that do the show with him. So it's uh, it's almost like um, the best way I could describe his show would be like sports announcers where they have, you know, four or five people lined up and they go back and forth and they explain what they liked, what they didn't like. And they kind of they kind of have um, discussions about what they're watching and what's going on and how the team played and stuff like that. And it's very interesting. I'm not into sports, but I, I actually really did enjoy listening to his podcast when I was listening to it a little while back. And you know, I'll probably eventually still get back into it when I somehow figure out how to free up some time. But definitely go check out his podcast, which is uh, Lemon City Live. And I'm pretty, I'm pretty sure he's on Apple Podcasts, and I'm not sure what else he's on. I know he's on Apple Podcasts for sure. That's where I listen to his stuff. But um, I want to get him on the show. And the reason I'm bringing, bringing him up is because I haven't talked to him in a while, and there's been times where I didn't really know what happened to him because I'd go back to where I worked at Broward College and he wasn't there. And no one really told me what happened to him. So I ended up um, reconnecting with him on Veterans Day because he's a vet and uh, or veteran. And I wanted to thank him for his service. Like, that's kind of what I do is, like, if I know I have servers that are uh, veterans or have served, I, you know, I really like supporting um, the military in the sense that, you know, they're, they're the reasons why you're able to come on to this show and watch it uh, for free and and basically just be able to have spare time to watch podcasts and stuff. And same thing for me. Like, it's the reason I have the freedom to actually design the show and to do things because they're fighting for our freedoms every single day, and, they're, and they're, the, they're the ones that really give you the freedom. So that's why I really support the vets, the um, military overall. And uh, for most people, it's not a surprise that I'm, I'm very conservative. And uh, you know, I mean, you don't really even have to really even be conservative to support your military. It's just, it's kind of, my opinion, it's a little bit of common sense just because it, it, those are the ones that are giving the freedom. 
But um, you just never know. Like some people might not, a lot of people don't really support war. A lot of people are kind of, um, you know, they get a little, a little type of way when it comes to war and military and stuff like that. So um, that's, you know, that's kind of what I support and, and my beliefs and stuff. But anyways, uh, to get back to the story is uh, I ended up sending him a happy Veterans Day and caught up with him a little bit. And I kind of pitched it to him. He didn't really, uh, he didn't really respond back to it. Um, so I got to follow up with him to see, but I really want to do something where we can um, co-mingle where I go on his show maybe once in a while. I mean, I've been featured on one of his episodes for maybe five minutes. I went to a brewery. I'll get to that story in a minute too, but um, which kind of ties into how I started goals and updates. But um, I just remember talking to him a lot about podcasts and he, he, I actually worked at Broward College before he got there, and he ended up taking the manager's position for, um, for the social media. Like, he was a manager for the social media department, and he took over the position for the person that actually followed up with me and hired me at Broward College as an intern. And so, interesting enough, I'd sit right next to him, and we'd talk and have a really good time, and we'd talk about podcasts. And at the time, I was listening to a lot of Joe Rogan. I was listening to a lot of Ben Shapiro, Steve uh, Crowder, or Stephen Crowder. You know, a little little political, um, a little bit of like political podcasts. And I'd also listen to a lot of Grant Cardone, which is all money and stuff like that. And I just listened to a bunch of different things. I, think I, I did listen to a couple of Gary Vanderchucks and episodes and different things, right? And I just talked about podcasting, and he'd be like, "Yeah, I actually do a podcast called Lemon City Live." And we would sit down, and he would tell me like yeah, I'm doing this now and I have sponsors and I'm doing X, Y, and Z. And I just, and I just remembered how, how happy he was whenever we described about his projects and how he would go to um, BB&T Center and he would interview the hockey players and he'd get these backstage passes where he'd be able to go and interview football players and he'd go, to, he'd go all over the place and he would do all the Florida games. And that's why it's called Lemon City Live. Um, he's he's kind of focused on all the Miami teams down here, like the Miami Dolphins, the Florida Panthers, and di- different teams down here where he gets backstage passes and he puts all that stuff on his website. And it's just really interesting when I was talking about it. And I just remember I remember tell, like telling him like, yeah, you know, I really want to get. I've listened to a lot of podcasts. It's something that I'm very interested in. Um, I do Toastmasters. Uh, for anyone that doesn't really know, it's just public speaking. I, I kind of compare it to um, stand-up comedy where you're going up there and you have a prepared speech and you got uh, five to seven minutes to give a, a prepared speech about whatever you want. And I post these, by the way, on my on Facebook, by the way, on, on my Facebook uh, channel. I post all my videos. I try to edit them to the, so where you're just seeing me go up there and perform and I try to make the audio better because I'm filming it on my phone far away and it doesn't sound that great. So I have to edit edit the audio so you can hear it better. But um, I have two of the ones I put I recently did, which is uh, uh, what is it called? Uh, the first the one that I recently did was the myths about equality. The next one I'm trying to edit is called How to Save a Life, and that one's going to be really interesting once I get that one up. But that that one will probably be the, like my favorite. Uh, I thought the myths about equality was my favorite, but how to save a life I think was probably my favorite one that I gave so that's going to be a really interesting one I'll update you guys when that comes out but um so if you want to go by the way if you want to join that club if you want to get better at public speaking let me know and I'll get you the contact information where you have to go you just meet up for a meeting and you just you just sit there and do and if you want to participate you participate if you don't you don't 
Um, and if you want to become a member, you just sign up and pay your dues and you become a member and it's really cheap. It's a great environment. Uh, it's I knew I had to do, um, because once I started doing that, my, uh, my podcast got a lot of better. I'm not saying ums and likes and conjunction words and, um, I'm more structured and I have, cause it kind of forces you to have all these things cause they, they make sure that they're writing down everything that you're doing and they literally criticize you. Um, and I don't mean that in a bad way. They kind of gently criticize you and they go, Hey, you weren't really moving around the room. I didn't really see too much engagement. You're saying a lot of ums, likes, maybe, maybe, or right, or something that's a, you know, like a little word that you're kind of caught on and they have as a public speaker. It's a lot easier to do a podcast because um, even though people can join this live, I don't really have a live audience where I can see people's faces and it's not as intimidated, but when, or intimidating, but when I go and I do a physical speech in front of a live audience, it gets a little bit, you get a little bit nerve, um, your nerves kick in a lot. I tend to get really excited because I'm like, oh yeah, like I'm, I'm here to win. And so I end up kind of, they say I speak kind of fast. Um, and I kind of could see how they could say that. Uh, but for me, it's just, I get so excited that I get happy and I just, I'm just like, I'm, I'm there, I'm alive. I just kind of just feel alive. I feel like I'm supposed to be doing that. So that's Toastmasters if you want to join. But I was doing Toastmasters. I was telling him stuff that I was doing. He was kind of best. And I was like, yeah, I really want to do podcasting. And I'm like, I don't really know what I want to do yet with the podcast. I, I just know I want to get equipment. And I'm like, I don't. Um, and at the time, I think I did start. And I was doing just the, I didn't have any of the, the um, audio equipment. or I didn't have the board behind me. And I didn't have all this stuff. And I was just doing it off my laptop and like the audio quality was like, okay. The video quality was um, like decent and stuff like that. But uh, I was trying to ask him his opinion on what I should get, like what kind of quality equipment I should get. And, and we would just talk a lot. And he, I remember going, uh, but this is before I started the podcast too, but I remember going to, uh, he invited me. He's like, Hey, we're doing our first live podcast at a brewery. And he's like, it's right by uh, the Marlin Stadium. And he's like, it's at the, I believe it's called the Nightlife Brewery. That, that was, that was the, the brewery they did it at. And he's like, um, we just go there. And he's like, I, I know the manager. Like, I've, I've gone there a couple times for drinks at, at the bar. And I got to meet him. And I asked him if we could do it. And he's letting us do it a couple times to see how it goes. And hopefully maybe bring some business to the restaurant. But at the same time, it makes us look a little bit cooler because we're actually getting out there and we're doing live streams in um, – we're actually doing live broadcasts at this uh, brewery. And I thought it was really interesting. And I, and I just remember thinking to myself, he invited me and he's like, if you want to go, you can go. Um, and I just thought, you know, and it was really out of my way, by the way, like Marlin stadium for me is uh, it's easily like an hour away, like easily 50 minutes to an hour, especially with traffic down there and stuff. But, um, and I end up driving there, I get there, I show up and he, and he was, he was like happy and like everyone there that was during, you know, they're supporting him or people that were uh, doing the podcast were really shocked and amazed that I drove an hour to go to this brewery to go watch them perform this uh, podcast live. And I just kind of remember like I would watch them do the podcast and I just thought to myself like, yeah, that's what I want to do. Because it just seemed it just seemed like something that I would really want to do in the sense of like helping people. Like I didn't want to do sports or I didn't want to do something that was, uh, you know, that was his niche, but I wanted to do something where I could help people. 
and I just thought it was really cool being at this brewery and watching him do this uh, podcast live. And that's when I started thinking to myself, uh, you know, I started talking to him more about podcasting. And that's when I was like, damn, like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to do a podcast. And at the time, I didn't know I was going to do goals and updates or anything like that. But I'm like, that's what I'm going to start doing. And I'm going to start working on creating that, uh, that business. Or I'm going to start creating that, um, that podcast idea and just work with it. But so I ended up talking, and that was Edwin. I'm going to try to get him on the show. He'd actually be really good to put on this show because he, um, he, he's used to this. He's not shy. He, he'll, he'll come right in. And he's always, he always has an opinion. And by the way, me and him are very opposites. Me and him are complete opposites in the sense that uh, we're uh, both politically on opposite sides. He, you know, um, we're, we're completely on different opposite sides of, like, politics. Uh, and, but we're very, like, we don't, like, we, like, we don't hold anything against each other. It's, it's one of the few, the few relationships where, like, it's so interesting because most people think like Democrats and Republicans can't get along, but me and him have such a great time. We relate so much to each other, even though we're not politically on the same page and we're complete opposites when it comes to politics. And it's just, it's, uh, it's awesome because if I could get him on the show and you could see kind of how the, um, the relationship is and like how easygoing we both are with each other and like how we don't really care that we we align our beliefs differently we come together and we're kind of just, we just, we understand we're both Americans and that, um, and we're just really good friends and we have a lot in common. It, it'll show a lot of people that, you know, it doesn't matter what party you align with or it doesn't matter what your beliefs are. Um, if you're American, you're American and, and you're, you know, you're basically, uh, each other. You basically are one, one nation under God in a sense. So that's what I really like about it. Um, or if I had him on the show, he just has a lot of different, he probably won't agree with me a lot of the stuff that I, that I'm talking about. I don't know about with like the motivational stuff, but just in general. So it would be kind of interesting to have him on the show, get you a different opinion. Um, someone that's very diverse, uh, than me. And it would just, it'd be really cool to have that kind of voice on this show. And that's why I really want to get him on the show. So that's someone that, uh, you know, I'll update you guys on as you know, time goes on, I get more co-hosts. Um, and that's that. Now, like I said, we're on iTunes uh, podcast, which is really interesting. I, it was a little bit of a process. You have to send a approval. Everything has to be approved. And then they send back like, hey, you got approved. And then uh, it's going to be up that, you know, you should see it within another two days, basically. And I went on there today. Excuse me. I went on there today and I saw it up there. So I know it's on. I know we're on Apple podcast right now. As I went on there and I saw it. So that's one thing that I'm expanding. I'm trying to really make it more accessible to people because I know the big thing is people are like, it's an hour and a half. My next big thing is really get the YouTube thing going and start making it smaller segments for you guys because I, that's the big complaint I get is where they're like, it's an hour and a half and like I don't have an hour and a half to sit down and watch it. So now you can literally just jump into different episodes. You can piece different things together and you'll be able to listen to me on the go. Now there's no excuse why you wouldn't be able to listen to something or hear something or watch this thing. Now it's now it's going to be very easily accessible to people. So there, I shouldn't really get that anymore. I should probably still get, hey, it's still kind of long. So I'm going to try to get the playlist going. And uh, I'm going to figure out how I can do it where I hire someone maybe to upload these and do things. So that's uh, the next update. And the last update I have is for goals and updates where I – um. I want to eventually get to a point where, you know, make we're making some money where I can reinvest into the show. 
I want to get like these are just some goals that I'm trying to tell you about that I want to get with this show. I want to get a lot more. I want to get at least within the next three months or four months. Um, it's probably not going to be within these next three or four months because I'm going to be putting a lot of effort into this insurance test. But when when I pass the insurance test and I will pass it, um, I want to start focusing a little bit more on goals and updates, and I really want to start focusing more on getting more co-hosts on the show. And that's uh, that's I'm going to try to get. My, my goal for that really is to try to get four or five new faces on this show, maybe even recycle through some of the other people. Cause I've had people from Toastmasters uh, like Dr. D that I had on here or um, Daniel or president Daniel, as we call him at Toastmasters, but Dr. D back on the show. Cause he's been asking me, he's like, Hey man, when am I going to be, when am I going to be put back on this show? And I'm like, you know, that's a good point. Um, and he's really good to have on the show cause he really meshes with the, the attitude and, the motivation and like he's just the heart of the theme of this show so he'd be really good to you know keep putting back on the show once in a while so some of that i'm gonna reach out to again and try to get back on the show work that out and uh, i'll update you guys as i go on but those are two main goals i want to get done i also want to try to get um donations like that's really i think i just talked about it on the first one but i really want to try to get at least like 20 dollars a month uh, going on this and just reinvesting it back in the show, whether it's, you know, buying more equipment, whether it's uh, using it for marketing, whether it's trying to expand the show, whether it's trying to do whatever, maybe even buy uh, like different things for the website or whatnot, you know, just some di different things I want to get. But um, those are like the two main goals that I have. I also want to write a mission statement. And I, I kind of worked a little bit on a slogan for goals and updates where it's uh, where like I want to start doing it in the beginning where I tried to do it on this one. I think I did it pretty good, but I want to get it to a point where it's uh, like a slogan and it's like a nice, clean, neat slogan where uh, like, Hey, this is Tyler. This is Tyler done with goals and updates where we change negative mindsets to more positive mindsets. But I want to try to, but see, like I like that. Right. But I also want to try to clean it and make it more. Uh, it doesn't really sound too flattering. I guess is what the word I'm trying to look for. Like too, I don't want it to be too fancy, but I'm trying to figure out a slogan where it's like, it, it, it just fits. And I, and obviously this show's all about, you know, changing the negative mindset and putting it more into a positive mindset and just helping people cope or deal with, you know, negativity and flipping it in a more positive mindset. So I got to try to figure out a mission statement or, or more of a slogan, I guess you would say um, to pitch, I guess, at the beginning of the show, that's, that's another big goal, but those are the goals. So now what I'm going to do is I'm going to go into the two topics. Now, the first topic is talking yourself into winning. And the reason I came up with this is where it's going to tie back into that insurance test is, uh, you know, after taking the test three times, after doing all these courses, after spending loads and loads of money um, trying to get my foot into the door to get this license in Florida to sell the life and health insurance, I, you know, and then you take these two-hour tests, and every single time you go in and you fail them, because they're changing the test every single time you take it and you're trying to you know, pass it, it just feels like you get punched in the face. Like every single time I left, uh, the first time I was like, all right, I probably figured I was going to fail it the first time, not good at test taking. College, you know, I, I basically uh, failed every single math class at least once, some of them twice, and a few of them three times that I'd retake them before I got the two-year degree for an AA or Associates in Arts. And so I knew I was probably going to have to take it at least twice. 
But the third time when I came out, I really thought I passed it. I'm like, I'm going to, you know, I get to, te- I get to text my friend, like, Hey, I'm going to put two weeks in at this other job. I'm going to do X, Y, and Z. And I'm going to be able to come work with you and make these phone calls and finally be able to push myself and do this and this and uh, leave the job I'm not too satisfied with. And I'm, you know, I'm not, I hate going to, and I'm miserable at, and I finally get an opportunity and change. Right. And I ha- and, and it's a big opportunity. And I, you know, I'm just thinking to myself, as, a, as she gave me the paper and I flip it and it's a 62 and it's, I got to get a 70 and I just, another punch in the face, I just got very frustrated. And as I'm leaving, I just, I just feel depressed. Like I just, you know, I'm pissed. I'm kind of pissed. I'm kind of depressed. Uh, a bunch of different emotions going through. And I just started thinking to myself, you know, you can do it. And there's some, you know, there's some people, I'm not going to throw them out here or whatever, but there's some people that sometimes like discourage me. And those are the people that, piss me off the most because those are the people that should be supporting and pushing me and trying to get me to do it. And uh, it's the same, it's the same. I just remember thinking to myself, uh, you know, I'm dry. I get in my car, turn the car on. I'm driving home. It's about a 30 minute drive to get to this testing facility. And that's another thing too, is a testing facility is very, very like very strict. Uh, you can't have anything on you. You have to lock all your stuff up. They watch you with the surveillance camera. If I get up, I'm disqualified. If I stand up out of my seat, I got to raise my hand for someone to come over and escort me out of the room. It's just, it's very rigorous. It's very, it's, it's really honestly crazy. If you want my honest opinion, it's, it's ridiculous, but you got to do what you got to do. But um, I just remember turning the car on, driving home. And as I'm driving, I just remember thinking to myself, you, you know, it's, uh, it's the same feeling, the same um, situation as trying to get that two-year college degree. And I just remember talking, I was talking to myself and I'm like, it's the same situation. Obviously it's a different scenario, but it's the same thing that you're going through where I failed every single math class. I, uh, had to take certain classes three times before I got my two-year degree. What's up, Daniel? Um, before I got my, my degree and you know, it's, it's, and I just remember talking to myself and I'm like, but guess what? I didn't quit on that degree and I did get the degree. So as long as I don't quit, as long as I keep going, as long as I keep pushing, and as long as I keep taking this test and I keep trying and and maybe trying to do something different than what I was doing before, I'll eventually pass the test and I'll I'll win. And I just remember telling myself that with the the whole uh, college, the college degree where I basically did the same thing. And it was the same issue where I, you know, everything was trying to punch me in the face and come back and I lost my grant money and I was basically had to pay for the college classes. And the, the last class I took, it was like three times the price. Cause I feel after you fill it three times they hit you with uh, out of state fees, even though you're in Florida and you're in state. And I got hit with like over a thousand dollars for the, the same class I was taking twice. And it gets just, dis- you know, you get kind of discouraged. And I just remember talking to myself and I'm like, okay, uh, what's what's the solution here? What's the solution here for this class? And uh, and I remember uh, telling myself like, okay, I could do a payment plan, and that helps me out a little bit, even though it's going to be big chunks of money, even because it's a thousand dollars. It's over you know eleven hundred dollars for this course that I'm trying to take, and I'm like, it's going to be like four hundred and fifty dollar payments, but I'm like, I have a little bit of saving. You know, I'm talking myself back into the game, I'm trying to talk myself back in to get this uh, degree because. I kept telling myself, and it's the same the same pep talk I gave myself when I came out of this this third time, um, this third attempt on this insurance uh, state exam, where I'm like, listen, man, because because deep down inside I do want to quit, 
like, here's the secret. Like the secret is deep down inside. I do want to quit. Like I'm getting pissed. Like I'm spending too much money. I'm spending too much time. It's uh, kind of killing me mentally and physically because it's exhausting studying for this test over and over. And then you're getting slapped around with it. Um, and you're, and you're so close, like you're so close that you feel that you can do it. And, um, I just remember telling myself the same thing I did when I talked myself into college where I'm like, listen, man, like you spent too much money, too much time and too much energy to quit. You're right there. You just need to pass the test and you're good. You just need to pass the test. You got to do whatever it takes to pass this test. And, uh, the same thing with college when I had to pay, you know, three times the price, $1,100 for the one course. And that's all I needed to pass before they gave me the two-year degree. And uh, everything was going against me. And I just remember telling myself, dude, look, it's not, it's not that big of a deal. Take a deep breath. What are the solutions to this problem? How can you do it? How can you approach, the, how can you approach accounting one differently than you did last time? Can you take the same teacher and maybe try to figure out different techniques that you did um, that didn't work and then try to do different techniques and focus more on these and or maybe focus more on this or maybe do a payment plan where it's only four hundred dollars or four fifty a month and even though it's still gonna be a struggle it's it's better than paying a full eleven hundred dollars flat out right where you can't afford it and you're gonna be broke so and I talked and by the way I got that two-year degree and I and I told myself the same thing hey you spent too much money spent too much time and you spend too much energy to let this small thing kind of distract you and not get the two-year degree. And, uh, and it, the funny thing is now that I'm thinking about talking about this with you, it's the same thing where people are trying to tell me not to go back, you know, go back and get that last class. Like, I don't know why you're wasting time doing that. And it's the same thing with this insurance test where people are like, I don't understand why you keep going and retaking the test. And like, maybe it's a sign like you're not supposed to do that or uh, you're supposed to do this. And, it, you know, I, I remember, um, I remember back when I was on that last class in college and I went and I did a family thing. And I think I was talking about this like two or three times on the show, but uh, it's just, it was a, it was a moment where it really changed my life because I realized the only way I could do it is if I didn't let other people talk me out of doing it. And I, and I had to do it for myself. I had to literally talk myself into to winning the degree. And that's what this topic is talking, talking to yourself into winning. And I just, I, I go to this family function or this family get together. And uh, the one, the one person that was talking to me kind of quit on college. Like, I think you got, he got his high school diploma, but uh, it'd be funny if he joins. Cause uh, he'd probably be laughing right now, but um, he, uh, it was my cousin by the way. And, and he goes and he got through high school. Um, I think kind of the same thing that I did. He barely skated by high school, which is the same thing happened to me. I barely graduated 2.0, barely graduated. And then I think he went to college for maybe a term or two and then said, you know what, this isn't for me. Um, and the stuff that he was talking about was right. Um, nowadays, college is making a lot of uh, millennials or kids that are going in thinking they're going to get these high-paying jobs and they're getting all this student debt. They're taking all this massive debt out that they're not going to be able to pay off or it's going to take them so much time to pay off that they're not really going to make any money. Um, and a lot of them can't even find jobs. So a lot of the teachers that are teaching are teaching you garbage and it's, uh, the government telling them to teach them certain things. And, um, it's just a, it's a shit show for a better lack of words. It's, it, it really is. And, um, I just remember him telling me all this stuff and I'm like, listen, man, I agree with you a hundred percent, maybe even 110% we're probably on the same page where the college is a waste of time. I understand what you're saying. 
and I wasted three or four years trying to get this two-year degree. I understand what you're saying, and I wasted all this money, and you know, most of it was paid for by the the government, right? Uh, I got grants, and which most people don't even know the di- some of them really don't even know the difference between a grant and a loan. They just think, all right, I need the money, I got to go get it somehow, and they don't know that uh, you probably can go get a grant, and if you can't get a grant, you can go get other types of scholarships, which are basically grants as well. So there's ways of paying for college spending all this massive amounts of loan debt. So I remember talking to him and he's like, yeah, you're wasting all this time and money and blah, 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 blah. And I'm like, look, man, I 110% know what you're saying. Uh, it's kind of too late for me. I kind of, uh, by the time I figured out all the stuff you were talking about, um, and I agree with you, and I think a lot of people end up doing the same thing I did, um, but I'm too far into it to quit. I'm too far in. I need one class left. Uh, even though they're jacking the price on me, even though um, it's taking me four years to get it, even though it's a useless piece of paper, I came so close to it that if I quit on this, I'm going to quit on everything else I do in life, and I won't be able to say, hey, over all the odds, I got it. And I, and I just, and that's what I told them, and I was like, listen, I'm not doing it for anyone in this room. I'm not doing it for you. I'm not doing it for them. I'm not doing it for my family. I'm not doing it for anyone. I'm doing it for myself. And I'm like, it's just, I know that if I get this degree, I mean, I'm like, if you're talking to someone that was, was told in high school, that was told in uh, elementary school, that was, uh, a, you know, someone that, that everyone said I was stupid, I couldn't do anything, uh, I was labeled dyslexic, and I had disabilities that were holding me back, and people thought I was just stupid, and I, and I ended up having reading disabilities, and I had different things. I was like, that told me I couldn't do anything, and for the longest time, I really thought I was stupid, and I couldn't do anything, and I was listening to people and I was like, uh, this degree is going to prove to me that all these people that told me I couldn't do it, I, I ended up actually doing it. And I didn't do it because of them. I, uh, I did it for myself. And it's a, uh, it's a confidence booster. And that's what I was trying to tell them. I was like, I'm doing it for myself. I'm trying to prove to myself that I can do it, that I came too close and too far to do it. And all my other friends quit. All my other friends took breaks and didn't go back to school. Um, everyone only quits. Uh, you know how many people would have quit? Out of all the stuff, if I could t- if I could write a book right now and send it to you, and all the obstacles that I had to do, and obviously I'm not the only one that's had to go through stuff like this, but um, out of all the things that I've had, I've never talked to anyone that's had to, that had to go through as much as I had to go through, which doesn't mean, obviously, there's not someone out there that hasn't gone through it, but um, it, I'm telling you, 99% of people would have quit and as I kept going for it. So... Um, and I get a toss back in my face all the time. Like, I, I mean, I've eaten... Uh, dinner with my sister at one point with my grandparents over and my uh, my parents at the dinner table and my sister's like uh, yeah I'm going on my ma-. and it's funny because my, my sister thinks because she's getting a master's that she's going to make all this money and it's all, but you know the reality is she got screwed she got the she she bought into all the BS they sold her but anyways um the the thing being is that she she criticized me and she's like, you know, I'm getting an eight year degree and I did blah, 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 blah. And it took you four years to get a two year degree. And like, now you're quitting school and you're not going to really go and pursue anything with school and stuff like that. And I'm like, I'm like, yeah, but that's a success story. That's not a failure story. You're trying to make it into a failure story. It's actually a success story that I've actually overcame a lot of obstacles to get that two year degree. That's what you're not understanding. You're looking at it as failure. I'm looking at it as success out of all the things I had to overcome to get that degree. And see, so that's the difference of the mindset. And that's what I'm trying to teach you in goals and updates because 
there's a lot of people out there that have this negative mindset and it's really scary. And I didn't understand it until I started picking up books and I started kind of reading into psychology and I started reading into philosophers and I started doing different things and listening to motivational videos and I started doing different things that started slowly but surely changing the way I was thinking about a lot of stuff. And I realized that all the people I was talking to were talking me out of doing the stuff I wanted to do because they were all, they all had the negative mindset and they didn't have a positive mindset. They weren't optimistic. They didn't, um, they thought because they couldn't do it that other people couldn't do it. Or they thought because they tried it a couple of times and they quit that it was impossible to do. Or um, they, uh, they look at other people and what they're doing and they go, I can't do what that other person's doing, so it's not for me. Uh, and not realizing that you could do it your own way and still adapt some of the stuff that they're doing, but make it, excuse me, your own way of doing it. And maybe that stuff doesn't work for you. Maybe other stuff works for you. Maybe some of the stuff I give you doesn't work for you, but maybe some other stuff you hear from my show does help you. And, and listen, information is not created, uh, you know, we hear about all this stuff about equality, equal. Information is not created equally. Ideas are not created equally. Individuals are not created equally. Everyone's different. Everyone learns differently. Everyone's uh, trying to, you know, figure out their own path differently. Uh, everything is different. So, you know, some of the stuff I'm telling you might make a lot of sense to you, but maybe it doesn't really work for you, and that's okay. Uh, maybe other stuff I tell you does. But at least you're trying, and that's the big thing. Is at least you're trying, and that's, and that's what I'm trying to get people to realize is like, uh, you know, people, people see that I'm doing episode after episode after episode. And when I first started Goals and Updates, I had to talk myself into doing the episodes. It wasn't like, okay, I want to do this episode. In the beginning, it kind of was. I was like kind of motivated. And then as you start doing more and more, it gets a little bit challenging because as you're doing more, other things are happening within your life. So you're trying to adapt. You're trying to get back on task. Uh, like I said, like I haven't been doing this for the last two weeks because, or maybe even a little bit more, I've been on and off because I'm trying to get the main focus with this insurance, trying to get this insurance license. So I'm, you know, the goals and updates is not a main priority. I mean, it's obviously a priority, a priority, but I, um, it's not the main, my main thing is trying to figure out my path and my opportunities and trying to push myself to new limits. And if I have to, if I have to hold back on this project to get myself into what I really need to do, that's what I have to do. And you have to sacrifice. You have to learn when to sacrifice certain things in order to do that. And, um, I, you know, I had to talk myself into doing these episodes. Like I had to talk myself into doing this episode right now because I was like, I could, I could study for two hours or, and use this time for the podcast to go study, or I could do an episode of the podcast. And so I'm like, you know, I've been delaying. Um, I have a little bit of breathing room to do the studying. I want to get at least one episode for this week because I didn't do one Monday and I didn't do one Wednesday. So I, um, I don't think I did one Monday. I'm pretty sure, but I really, you know, wanted to, do, I, re I talked myself into winning today and I talked myself into winning because I did the episode. I'm here right in front of you right now doing episode 114. So you're going to have to talk yourself into winning and, and this topic is really important because a lot of people don't do this. A lot of people listen to other people around them. They ask for their input and then they talk them out of it and they don't. And at first they're like, I want to do this. I want to do it. And then the person talks them out of it or they listen to someone else and they, uh, even though they're your friends or your family and you trust their input, they actually demotivate you. 
and it's, it, you know, it's sad to say, um, I have a lot of people like I'm very, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's amazing. Cause I do have a lot of people that are pushing me to get this insurance test done. Uh, my boss at my job right now, my full-time job is like, you got it. Like, keep going. I have, uh, I have the person next to me that I work with telling me to keep going and doing it. I have my one friend Sterling that's been on this show. That's like, dude, man, just keep going. You got it. Like you motivate me. I have my one friend, Eric, that goes, dude, you motivate me half the time just on the stuff that you're doing. It's on the stuff that you're pushing yourself to the extreme. He talks me into it. I, I have uh, the, the person, Jonathan and Josh, which are the ones that are actually giving me the opportunity to work with them at the firm. And they're like, dude, just keep going, keep going, keep going. You got it. Like, just keep going. You got it. Um, so, but you know, they're salespeople. So they're constantly getting reject, you know, rejection and stuff like that. So they're, they're used to pushing and pushing and pushing. But, and I think they also know like we have to work as a unit. So that's why they're trying to push me. And that's who you really should be trying to put yourself in front of. You really want to surround yourself with winners. I mean, the person, the, the president of Toastmasters, Daniel, Dr. D that's been on the show is one of the, the biggest people that motivates me because every single time I go to Toastmasters and I tell him like, Hey, I took this test and do so well. He's like, don't. And, and like, sometimes I talk to him, like I'm talking myself out of it, which I'm really, I'm kind of not, I'm just venting. And, uh, and he's like, dude, just keep going. You got it. He's like, just don't quit. Remember if you don't quit, you'll win. And I'm like, you're right. See, so you want these you want the people around you to actually talk you into winning. Now, if you're starting off, like the hardest part is you're not going to have that when you first realize the people around you are, are, are negative and they're talking out of things. You're not going to have that support system. I still don't have it 100% of the time, the support system. And that's why this topic is really important where you're uh, talking yourself into winning because you are the only man that's on the field playing against a massive audience. Like you are the only person that can do it and you're the only one that can talk yourself into the winning. And you're, like I said, you're not going to have the support system in the beginning. Now, I'm slowly starting to build the support system. I'm slowly starting to get certain people on the same page of what I'm trying to do. And I have certain people that are, whenever I talk about trying, you know, I'm, I don't know if I want to do this. They're like, hey, man, you got it. Just do it. You got it, man. Just keep going. You're doing good. So it's, it's, a, it's a process. It's, it's hard. It's, it, you know, it's very overwhelming at times because when you have 30 or 40 people telling you you can't do it or like you shouldn't do that, you start listening. It's hard to, to talk yourself into winning. So that's the topic of uh, talking, talking yourself into winning. The next topic we're going to go into is you want control. Um, and this one is probably going to be uh, something that a lot of people listen to and go, you know, this, th this one might be very controversial um, where people are like, I don't want to be a control freak. And I thought the same thing for a long time until I started realizing that people that win control, uh, you take anyone that's a winner that has done something that's successful, they control the room or they control the situation, they control the deal, they control their lives. Uh, you want control of your life. And that's mostly what I'm talking about right now is control of your life. And in order to control your life, you need to be able to control a lot of different elements, your work, you need to be able to control your income, you need to be able to control uh, your beliefs and, and what you're putting into your mind, the information that's going in. You want control over um, safety. You want control safety. You want control over yourself and you don't want to give control to other people because it's not other people's lives. It's your life. 
And I'm going to give you some examples on this one that I, I realized that I was either losing control or I was actually kind of gaining control and I didn't really realize it. So um, some examples of this one, by the way, we're on the topic, you want control. So on this one, um, the best example I can give you was uh, Toastmasters. This is a good one. It's Toastmasters. When I first did my first two speeches, I wasn't really engaging with the audience and I didn't have control of the audience. And I still struggle a little bit with it because I get so caught up in what I'm talking about. I don't really, um, I don't really, I pay attention to the audience, but I don't really suck them in with certain things. I try, you know, I'm, I'm slowly but surely getting better at it, but I want, you want control of that room. You want the control of the audience because if you can control the audience, they'll listen to you. If you don't have control of the audience, they're just on their phones. And, and this, is, this is a good point that uh, President Daniel told me, which was, uh, he's like, you got to understand we're so caught up in all the stuff. We just got off of work. We're looking at emails we're on our phones that if you don't have our attention, it's going to the phone or it's going to social media or it's going somewhere else. So he's like, you got you to gotta somehow figure out how to have control and engage with the audience. And uh, that's the, that's uh that's something that I'm going to work on on my next speeches. Like I really want to start trying to um, focus on engagement with the audience. So this, you know, and this is a skill that you're going to want to work on. And a lot of people are scared of control. They don't want to be classified as a control freak. They don't want um, people to think that they're all about themselves. They're selfish because people that, that try to control things are classified as selfish people and people hate that term. And I understand why you hate the term selfish because, uh, you know, it's, I still kind of get pissed when people call me selfish, um, but you, technically you are selfish. You want to be selfish. If you're not putting yourself first, you're putting yourself last. And that's a problem because if you're putting yourself last and you're doing everything for everyone else, all right, there's a big thing that my mom has a big problem with, which uh, I, I constantly try to tell her, you know, uh, she's, and it's not a, it's, it's not something that's, uh, that she's doing a terrible job of. It's just something that I've been trying to get her to realize as, as, with the mindset where like she's was so used to, you know, us, me and my sister being young that she had to take care of us. She's in the mother role and she's trying to take care of us, take care of us, take care of us that she doesn't put herself first anywhere. So I'm trying to get to a point where I can get her on the page of like, Hey, we're old enough to kind of do all this stuff ourselves. Uh, take, you know, take a breather and start focusing on what you want. Cause now you're getting to a point where you're going to retire. You're going to start doing different things and we're not going to be around as much as we are. We're eventually going to start getting ourselves together, our lives together. And we're going to start moving on and you're going to, and you're going to be stuck. You're going to be stuck cause you're not going to know what to do with yourself. So you got to get to a point where you're putting yourself first and you're putting your needs first and you're working on yourself. And, uh, and that's probably for a lot of parents out there. A lot of parents, you know, you're used to you're used to catering to your kids, and you never put yourself first. And and that's that's a problem. Like you got to put yourself. You got to be able to take care of yourself to be able to take care of other people. And that's something that I, I disagreed with for a long time until I started listening to a, listening to uh, motivational speakers and I started looking at very very successful people and wealthy people and they had abundance of friends, money and wealth. And I, I was just like, how are they doing that? And the first thing I always heard these people talk about was I put myself first and now I'm able to help. Since I put myself first, I have all this stuff and now I can start giving back to all the people that have helped me. 
Now I can start doing X, Y, and Z and, and donating money to charity. Now I can start donating money to my parents and retiring my parents and helping my friends out if they need financial assistance or if, they, if they're struggling, I can help them out and maybe pay for something for them. Um, so it's something that is, uh, it, changed, it changed the way I was looking at a lot of things because uh, you know a lot of people look at wealthy people as selfish people, but the reality is the poor people are the selfish people. And a lot of people can't see that because a lot of people are poor. A lot of people, I think it's 70, uh, it's 76% of Americans live paycheck to paycheck, meaning like they don't have any money in savings. They're living literally paycheck to paycheck and their money's gone as soon as they get it. And so they're classified as poor. They're barely making the bills. They're barely surviving. And, uh, and when you're poor, all you can think about is, all right, I need to, I need to, how do I save myself, basically? Like, you're, you're constantly in the mindset of yourself. That's, those, are the, those are the most selfish people, the poor people. Now, I know I'm going to get a lot of shit for that because a lot of people think it's the other way around, that wealthy people are actually selfish and they, they're greedy and they do this and that. But if you're poor, you can't donate to charities. You can't go and travel the world and speak. You can't do anything if you're poor and broke. So that's that's the big the big mis, uh, misnomer that's been spread, especially through the news, politics, different things, where they they classify the wealthy as like demons, Satan, like the devil, like people that are, are greedy and stuff like that. So it's the biggest myth, and that's probably one that I really should actually write down and do a speech on. Is uh, I should really do a speech on how how poor people are selfish and wealthy people are actually very generous. And that's something that will actually probably blow the socks off of people that uh, are at Toastmasters because I'm sure people don't look at it that way there. But um, it would be a really good speech to really put me out of my comfort zone. But anyways, um, my point being is that you, you have to be able to control in order to get what you want and have the life that you want. If you have no control and you give control to everyone else, um, and this is a big thing in politics right now with control is everyone wants to give more control to government, more control to government, more control to government. But you want to be – it's not how the system was designed for. The system was designed to give limited power to the government and more power to the individual. You want to have more control. You don't want to give more control to other people, right? That's just an example because, you know, right now it's election time basically where we're about to run up to it. But – um, you want to have more control in your life. If you don't have any control, you're losing your life. And it's, it's the saddest truth that I can really honestly tell you because I was losing a lot of control. I'm going to give you some more examples. I'll give you the Toastmaster one. But um, wh when I was losing, the big one was, uh, was work. What I was doing was I was working at Stavology now. When I was working there at the time, it was obviously fine, but eventually it was time to uh, move on. And, like, you just know. Like, when you're working a job and eventually it becomes to a point where you're very dissatisfied with it, you're very unhappy, um, you know when it's time to leave. Every single job I had, I knew exactly when I had to leave. Um, and the first one was the ice skating rink, and it got to a point where – um, I physically hated going in there. People weren't showing up to work. They're throwing doubles at me. Uh, they would basically abuse me for being an asset to the company because I'm, I'm coming in there early. I'm, com I'm coming there on time all the time. Um, I'm working doubles. I'm wor and then they screwed us on hours because uh, of, uh, you know, the president put in that uh, full-time thing. If you're working full-time hours as a part-timer, 
and have to give you insurance, or you could just pay a penalty. And people are like, I'm just going to pay the penalty. It's cheap. Excuse me. It's cheaper. So I'm going to do that. And so that screwed us. And then it got to a point where, like, they, uh, the manager didn't like me. And that's a whole other story from a whole other time. I've talked about that before on here, where I actually reunited with that manager. And uh, it is actually a very close, I consider a close family member, um, just because, like, uh, I, I create family. I don't create friends. So if you're if you're considered a friend, that's kind of bad. You want to be you want to be considered family. I, I create family, not friends. That's my motto. So, anyways, that's what I live by. So, anyways, uh, I um what was the point I was gonna get at here. I kind of lost the train of thought. But um, so that was a point where I knew I had to leave. Right then, I got into uh, what was it called the courier job where I was going and delivering. Um, there were like little insurance agencies, but they were also tag agencies. There were private tag agencies. And I came across it because at the time I was looking for a new job. This, um, my mom actually kind of gave me the connection. And he was retiring, and he was an independent contractor, and he was retiring. And so he was like, hey, I'll give you this job, and I'll, make, I'll, I'll actually give you both of the ones. He was doing more than two. He was actually like a real contractor. And um, – He's like, I'll get you two jobs in one, and they'll, they'll basically pay you, like, you'll be making a pretty easy chunk of change for basically just driving the paperwork down to the county and then delivering the paperwork back and the plates and tags and everything. And I'm like, okay. So I get that job. Eventually, I'm working two jobs. I'm working the ice skating ring and that job. And eventually, got to a point where I'm like, well, screw this. I don't have to work here anymore, and I can work at the tag agency. And I can work at the, I can do the courier, the courier job full time and go to school. It'll work around my schedule. And uh, it'll, it's easy, fast cash. It's just an easy job to be doing and focusing on schoolwork. It wasn't any mindless thing. It wasn't a long, you know, a long job. It was just an easy part-time gig where I was making as, I was probably making more money doing that or just as much as the ice skating rink. Like, All right. I do that, right? I ended up getting, I ended up, they needed someone working in a physical tag agency over by the DMV. And now what I was doing was because now I got my foot in the door at that opportunity as the courier, I was then able to start coming back and working more hours at the counter doing the paperwork for the tag agency. And so at this point, what I was doing was I'm like, okay, <clears throat> I got a second flow of income. And this is kind of, and it's kind of ironic that I'm talking about this now because I didn't even realize that I was doing this until, um, I didn't realize I was doing this until uh, we, we're talking about this now, but and I'm creating a second flow of income where now I'm delivering the paperwork and delivering it back, come back to the other agency, and I'd start doing the paperwork and working physical hours and trading the time for the money. And at this point, I was like, all right. Um, I was like, okay, like this is kind of interesting because I'm getting, I'm, I'm getting two paychecks, and I'm getting three paychecks basically. I'm getting two paychecks from the one agency and then one paycheck from a different agency. And I'm like, all right, this is kind of interesting. And, uh, it got to a point where I couldn't keep up with it because now I had to go to school and I had to do certain things. And it came to a point where I had to take an internship. Now I'm working at, I was doing Hoover pumping systems. So see how it's going down the line? And I was doing Hoover pumping systems. And now the one agency was sabotaging me and they're like, hey, I sent this guy. So now they're jeopardizing cash for me. They're like, we sent this guy. And I could feel the tension where they're like, all right, now I'm losing two jobs over here. I'm working the internship job. And, uh, and the, the other agency wants me to keep working for them. What's up, Sean? And now uh, they want me to keep working for them. And then I was like, 
I was like, and then the person when I did the internship was like, hey, come work at Broward College. We'll actually pay you more than the tag agency's paying you. And it's a better opportunity for you. It's something in your field of work. And so I knew it was time to leave that job because they're screwing me on the pay. So now I go to, you know, I put my two weeks in at the other agency. Uh, nothing much, man. I'm going over the topic. Uh, you want control in your life. So you want control. But um, so now I'm like, all right, now I'm losing on this deal. And I'm like, I'm going to go and work for Broward College. Well, after I worked for Broward College for two to three years, I realized they're actually screwing me and I don't have any control. So now I went to a different job, went full-time instead of part-time. So my point being is you want control of your life. If you have no control of anything going on in your life and you're giving it away to other people, you're giving it away, uh, you know, you're giving away your rights to the government, you're giving away your control of your own life to other people that are, are negative or you're giving control to maybe a job you completely hate but you're there you know, 90% of your time, you're, you're giving away all that control and that's why you're not happy. It's because you don't have control of your life. And that's what I slowly started to realize as I was going through these jobs. I'm like, hey, I don't like this anymore. They're screwing me over. I'm going to go find another opportunity. I'm going to get my control back because I don't have any control here. And that's basically what you're seeing with goals and updates. I, can, I created the podcast because I wanted more control. I want to eventually get this to a point where I have full control of it. And I, and I buy and I basically get my time back doing work that I like doing. And that's why I'm creating the, the goals and updates. The same thing with Dundee Investments. Uh, it's a business that I'm trying to build where it's going to eliminate me going to a nine to five. And rather than working for someone else and achieving their goals, I'm achieving my own goals. And it's the same thing with the insurance job. Like it's going to get me better at sales, which I need, a skill that I need. So I know if I could sell, if I can build the skill set of selling, I will have control over everything in my life because everything that you see here in front of you, everything in your everyday life is selling. And I know if I can go and get this insurance job and they train me every single morning and I get my ass kicked and, they and I, get, I just get punched in the face constantly and constantly and I, and, I, and I get to a point where I can sell and get that skill mastered of selling, I'll have full control of everything that I do because I'll be able to sell myself in every single situation. And that's what I'm trying to get, you know, that's the whole point I'm trying to get to you is like that. Those are examples in my own life. But I'm trying to get you to understand that you want more control in your life. And that's a, that's a big key. If you don't have any control, you don't have a life. And it's plain and simple. Like you have no life if you have no control of your life. And it's just crazy because people don't realize they're just, they're trading nine, you know, they're doing the nine to five. They're putting money into 401k accounts and pensions. And they're just following the leader and they're not questioning anything. And it's crazy because you're just giving all your control away. There's no, it, by the way, this is actually an interesting topic and then I'll move on to the next thing, but your 401ks and your pensions, they call it lazy invest and they call it lazy investing. And the reason for it is because you're giving your money to someone else to, to manage your fund because you're lazy and don't want to do the research on a better investment. So you're just like, okay, everyone's telling me to put money into a 401k retirement account or a pension account. And I'm going to throw all my money in here and I'm going to let someone else manage it and hope to God, you know, I'm going to cross my fingers and hope to God that uh, this investment is going to work out even though I know nothing about the investment, even though I know um, the guy that's managing it has no risk in it, I'm taking all the risk and this guy's managing it and even if I lose money, he's getting paid. And that's the thing that, that no one understands and that's why when I talk about like the multifamily 
uh, commercial multifamily uh, funds with Cardone Capital and stuff like that. That's the big thing I tell people is you want control of your money. You want control of investment. And I know with the Cardone Capital, because uh, this is the conversation I had with, uh, and this ties into the control, by the way, but I know um, my dad was like, yeah, but this guy's making money off you regardless. And I'm like, and he's not taking any risk. He's using your money to take the risk. And I was like, no, 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 no. He invests, his, he invests 25 to 50% of his own hard-earned capital into the fund. So he's funding the deal 25 to about, it's probably about 25% to 50%. He's probably really doing 25 because he, he likes using debt as leverage at 75%. And at the same time, he'd probably get more people into the fund to help out. So he's probably doing 25% of the debt on his own. But the point being is he's using his own capital and reinvesting the capital from himself into, this, into these funds. So he doesn't want to lose the deal because if he loses money on the deal, he's actually physically losing money. And that's the big thing. He's taking the risk with you. So you know you can trust him because he doesn't want to lose his money in the deal. And that's the big, that's the big difference between the Cardone Capital and like your 401ks in the stock market is like he's taking risk with you. So he's going to want to win. He's going to aim to win, and you want him on your side. When you're doing the stock market, when you have a financial advisor is what they call them, uh, they're not taking – and the funny thing is I, I, I had a – at Toastmasters, we had a person that's a property manage, a manager. He owns properties that he manages, and uh, he has rent – he's a landlord. And he was talking – he gave a speech about being uh, – when he first got into investments, he was a financial advisor, and he's like, when I first started into the stock market – I use my own money. And then I started realizing I'm losing my money. I can just call myself a financial advisor and people will throw money at me to invest and I can basically use other people's money to test the markets and test my strategies without taking any risk. And I thought it was so funny because as he's given this speech, I realized that that's what 95% of people are doing in America. They're going into the stock market and they're, they're giving their money to other people to take the risk for them without understanding that the person that's managing their money has no risk. They have no financial responsibility in the, in the fund, the stock. And so that was one big thing that I woke up to where I'm like, you know, these pension plans are garbage. The stock market is not a place to invest because everyone else is investing. I'm going to take this money and I'm going to move it out of stocks because the big reason I did, I went to stocks was um, that's what I was told in high school. I had a, business class, which really, really got me into business was, uh, he was talking about the stock market and how to read stocks and how to make money in the stock market and stuff like that. The seven, the seven rule and, uh, different things, how to multiply your money, uh, compounded interest and stuff like that. So, uh, you know, I was, I was intrigued and I, I ended up inheriting money from my grandfather, which at 18, I got the money accessible because it was, uh, I believe it was government bonds. And I'm like, all right, I want to take this money. I'm going to reinvest it because I don't need this money right now. And I can flip it and make more money by reinvesting. It's, it's money that I didn't earn. I didn't, someone just gave it to me. And, and um, <clears throat> excuse me. And I'm like, I'm just going to reinvest it. And eventually I was like, all right, I'm going to go and uh, reinvest it in something else. And then I ran into Grant Cardone and I heard about uh, Cardone Capital. And I was, you know, one of the few people that are going to do non um, non-accredited uh, funds. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to reinvest it. I probably really shouldn't have even done that, to be honest with you, but it's, I kind of did it. I knew it wasn't enough money that I had to do it. I just kind of realized that, uh, I kind of realized that, um, 
you know, I probably should have taken the money and reinvested it into myself, which a lot of people told me, and I didn't really understand what they were saying until a little bit later on. So, you know, I, I realized that. But anyways, um, besides that, uh, that is the topic you want more control. Now, I went pretty deep into that one, uh, probably a lot deeper than, uh, you know, talking to yourself into winning. I mean, both of them I kind of went pretty deep. But now what I'm going to do is, is we'll do done deal investments, and then I'll wrap it up for this episode. So for anyone that doesn't know, my name is Tyler Dunn. I own a company called Dunn Deal Investments, LLC, where the deal is already done. Now, this company is designed to take a uh, distressed seller, someone that financially really can't sustain their property or needs to sell the property extremely fast, and put it under contract and give the contract or give the rights to the investor that wants to flip the property or um, you know, basically help the – we both obviously want to help the person that's in the financial crisis. But um, though they're going to be the ones to take ownership and flip it and put it back on the market and try to get uh, the property back and, and going. So how this basically works is uh, the, it's a three-step system or a three-step process that I call the three steps to financial freedom. And before I get into those, I'm just going to go over some very quick um, areas where this type of system would really work or the people that are really looking to solve these problems would be. The first one would be if you inherited a property by a loved one that, um, and typically it's elderly people that don't really have, um, they're normally older, they don't really have a lot of capital, or they just don't have the energy to really invest money in back into the property, or, or they don't have the efforts to do it. And so when you inherit the house from the elderly person, it tends to be outdated, it tends to not be... Uh, it tends to take a lot of money to flip it and sell it. So you might want to just be able to sell it quick. You might not even really even want to go through a big process to sell it. That's where Dundee Investments would help you out. Just we take it right off your hands and sell it and uh, basically um, put it under contract and give it to an investor to basically, to basically buy the deal. Um, and that's something that's really interesting. So that's inherited in a house. The next one would be a job transfer, which is kind of common where you end up getting another job opportunity and it's in another state or another city and you can't afford really to live where you're at because it's too far away from the job opportunity. So this is where um, you're probably not going to want to go through a real estate agent because they're going to take a decent amount of time. They're going to try to get um, you know, like the full market value for it. And this is where it becomes a little bit of a hassle because you need to leave maybe within the next week or two and the real estate agent probably won't be able to do that. It's gonna, it takes a little bit of time to put it on the market and, and sell it and get a decent price for it. So this is where Dundee Investments would also help you. Uh, the next one would be if you have a lot of liens or any um, property maintenance. And to speak on the liens first, liens are normally issued by the city. You get like code. They typically are code enforcement officers that come around and they go, okay, your grass is too long. We're citing you with the lien. Your roof is dirty. Uh, you're out of code. And they slap you with these liens that are from the city and they stack up every single day that you don't pay them. And sometimes what happens is people don't realize they have a lien or um, they wait too long and don't realize they stack up in, in, in uh, interest and they get really high interest and they can't really afford it. And so they end up, you know, they can't get out of the financial hole. So that's, or even with maintenance too, like maybe, um, maybe you have a lot of maintenance on your property. You didn't really invest over time and it just, you know, you're not going to get a lot of money selling it through real, like a real estate agent and it's going to be a pain in the butt. You don't have the capital to reflip it. These are both two big scenarios where Dundee Investments would be able to be able to help out in that situation. Uh, the next one would be 
um, like foreclosure, even though uh, foreclosure actually is kind of common in Florida. Uh, Broward County, it's depending on the areas, foreclosure is kind of uh, a big a big thing. But if, if you are struggling and you're about to lose the property, lose all your money, your credit's about to get destroyed, or you know someone that's in a financial situation like that, um, you could have them contact Dundee Investments and we would be able to basically sell that property under contract with an investor. Their credit would be saved because they're not losing the property and uh, they don't have to put any capital in. They're actually getting paid to give the property over to the investor. So that's the, that's the really neat part about that is uh, you know, a very crazy financial crisis that they're going through could be changed instantly to a positive uh, experience where they're not going to destroy their credit. They're not going to have to um, sink a lot of money into the property and they're going to get paid and they're going to be able to move on and get another property with the money they get. So that's one big thing. And the last thing I'll talk about is like, is a real estate agent. Now, real estate agents are very saturated in the market right now because it's obviously a hot market right now with real estate. And the big thing is commission where they charge you a hefty commission fee. I believe the minimum average commission fee rate is 6%. So it's kind of high. You're kind of losing a lot of money on the back end. Um, and that's just the standard, I think, minimum that most of them do. Some of them charge even higher than that on commission. Now, the other thing too is they take a long time to sell the property because they're trying to go for the top dollar value and they're using the MLS system. They're kind of, there's obviously tactics in selling a property, but they try to do like the garage sale thing where they put a sign out and they just, they hope that all this traffic going by and eventually someone comes in. Um, they're kind of, it's almost like I call it the, the praying to God kind of like lead where they're trying to hopefully hopefully someone calls them and whatnot. Now they probably do other things as well, not a real estate agent. So I can't tell you how the real estate agents hundred percent are going about and doing um, their marketing strategies and stuff. But um, they, uh, it, it's kind of, it, it's, you end up paying a lot in commission fees. You end up waiting a long time. You can't with a real estate agent, you can't sell that property within a week. I guarantee you with Dundee investments, we can sell it within a week and, or less and we already have preset buyers that want to buy your property. Uh, we have a lot of buyers right now where um, they they want to buy the property. It's a hot market, like I said, with real estate. So there's a lot of buyers. That, there's actually more buyers and sellers out there right now. So it's easy to find you a buyer. If I don't have one in my list or I don't have one on hand, I will easily make a couple phone calls and we'll go and find you a buyer that's interested and put them on the deal. So that's... Uh, and sometimes they fail you too, by the way, the real estate agents. You get your hopes up. You're like, oh, it's a, it's a licensed real estate agent. They know what they're doing. A lot of them don't know what they're doing, by the way. A lot of real estate agents really, just because they have a license doesn't mean they know what they're doing in real estate. It just means they went through the motions and got the course done and they did different things and they got licensed in the state. That's all it means. It doesn't mean they're educated on real estate. It doesn't mean anything. So it's not a guarantee just because they have a real estate license. Now, now I'm going to go into, those are the problems that we can solve. Dundee Investments can also do a lot more than what I listed with different problems. But uh, those are just a few. I mean, I could be here for hours talking about it. I'm trying to cut it down for you. But now we're going to go into the three-step process of what I call financial freedom with Dundee Investments. Now, the three-step process to financial freedom is the first one is you have to contact Dundee Investments. Now, it's not on the board, but if you go into the details, if you're listening to this on a podcast or YouTube, or uh, you're, you know, I don't have a YouTube thing right now, but eventually someone's probably going to be listening to this on YouTube. 
um, or you're on the Facebook live stream or just the feed, it's all in the descriptions for Dundee Investments. Now our website is, and I'm obviously going to repeat this stuff, but uh, our website is www.dundealinvestment.com. And you can go on there. It shows you if you want to be an investor, if you want to be a seller, how we can help you. Um, you can contact us off that or you can call the number there. The other way you can call me, is, that's probably the preferred way is really calling because it's going to be able to get me to get you to answer some questions faster. It's more personable. It's just highly more recommended. It's just easier, faster. It's easier for you, easier for me. And it's more personable. I get to, I get to meet you. So that number that you're going to call is 954-857-6450. Now, the last thing I can tell you is just the, there's two more that you can do, but the next best thing would be either emailing me at dundealinvestments at outlook.com. And that's our physical primary email for Dundeal Investment uh, requests or anything, information that you want to get. And um, that's the next best thing. It would either be phone, email, Obviously, you probably want to go on the website just to check us out, see what we're about. Um, I definitely would highly recommend doing that maybe before anything. Maybe do the website first. Call would be primary. Email would be secondary. What's up, Matt? Um, or what you could do is go on our Facebook page, which is uh, Dundeal, in Dundeal Investments. I think it's actually Dundeal Investment. I don't know if it's with an S on Facebook, but I'm pretty sure it's Dundeal Investments LLC or just Dundeal Investments, I actually think, on there on Facebook. But anyways. You can go on there and there's a bunch of different things on there, bio, everything, uh, the, actually a link there with the website and everything. So that's another way you can contact us through iMessenger. But honestly, that'd probably be like my third, that'd be like the third thing I would attempt to do is uh, iMessenger. It'd really either be, I'm telling you, it really would be website to get more information, call or email. And then last would be like iMessenger on Facebook, uh, our Facebook uh, business page. So that's that. Now, that's the first step. Now, obviously, I'm going to ask you some questions on the property. I'm going to ask you some basic information on what you're trying to solve because I need to understand the situation that you're in so I can help solve it the best way possible and the fastest way possible. Um, that's the first step. Now, the second step is I then have to do a uh, what we call a, um, a walkthrough of your property. Now, what I'm going to do when I do the walkthrough is I'm going to take five pictures inside and five pictures outside, so 10 pictures in total. And um, the reason I'm taking the pictures is so when I – I don't do open houses. What I do is I collect the pictures. I do the walkthrough. I collect the notes. So, okay, we have to – whatever it costs is to the investor, I have to write down in my notes. So I'm like, okay, we have a broke – you know, we got to fix the roof. We have to fix the driveway. We might have to maybe replace the door. Um, just little things that cost the investor I have to jot down. And I'm going to take your 10 pictures of five inside – and I go and I start sending them to my buyers. So this way, like, they don't, you don't have all this foot traffic coming through your property. It's basically, this is how I find the, um, the investor or the buyer as fast as possible because I'm sending it out to different buyers. And whoever is interested basically messages me and gets back to me. And then I basically then go and we put the deal together. And if I can't find one on the list, I can then send this information to someone else um, that's interested through a cold call. So this is something that's really interesting. Now, uh, to continue this, that was step two. Now, step three is now I have to put the, we have to sign a contract. So I got to put the contract together. 
which is the agreement. And then from here, the seller signs it, the investor or the buyer signs the contract, and then I sign it for Dundeal Investments LLC. And at this point in time, this is when everything is agreed upon, negotiated upon between the seller and the investor and myself. And at this point, the deal is basically done. It's a done deal at this point. And so at this point now, the buyer or the investor takes ownership of the property. They go and reinvest their capital and, and basically make a profit off of that deal. The seller then can go on move on to a new property with the money they get from that property or that deal. And uh, if they need anything else, Dundeal Investments will help them out. If they need a home inspector, they need a real estate agent, which I'm telling you, I know a lot of real estate agents. So it's not going to be hard to help you go and find and uh, get you something that's qualified for you, something that's in price range. It, it's not going to be hard to get you a real estate agent because I know a lot of real estate agents. So that's and whatever else you need. Now, Dundeal Investments is going to win because we're going to get a commission fee. And this is the very cool part about the whole process is the seller does not have to worry about paying Dundeal Investments. We make the commission off the investor. And this is something that I, I don't know why it's hard for people to understand that. Um, I get a lot of different people or real estate agents where they're like, I don't understand how you're doing that. Um, and I explain it to them. So um, that's, that's how that works. So the reason the investor is giving done deal investments, the commission is because we're giving them the deal. We basically found the deal, we put it under contract and we gave them the deal. So that's the big thing. Now, um, some things that I wanted to go over was uh, I want to expand this business. And what I want to do with Dundeal Investments is I want to get it so it's a one-stop shop. Now, it's going to take a lot of time. There's a lot of different things that are moving parts within this company. At the same time, there's a lot of moving parts within myself that I'm trying to get through that you can tell with the, the updates and the goals. So it's a it definitely a work in progress. But I eventually want to get it to a point where it makes home buying easy for the seller and it's also an easy buying process for investors. So it's really taking investors to a whole other level and it's taking sellers onto a whole other level as well because anyone that's done the buying process for a home knows it's a very lengthy and difficult process to go through. You have to go and find the property through a real estate agent. You have to then go and get it inspected by a home inspector. You have to then go and get financing because most people don't, the average Joe does not have enough money to finance that deal. And so that's something that I wanted to do where, uh, where basically I, I can go and get, you know, you gotta go qualify for a mortgage, which is sometimes difficult to do. It's not very easy. They're not ever since that real estate bubble crash, they're, they're not very, uh, they're very strict on who they give out the mortgage to, to qualify for. And then at that point, then you have to, you basically have to, um, you know, then you, then you live in there and, and live in the property and stuff. But it, it, then you have to reinvest money into it. So it's, it's definitely a time-consuming process and, and so on and so forth. But if I can do it where Dundee Investments has all these different things in one place where you're going through Dundee Investments, we go and help you out of the crisis. And then you go and you use one of our real estate agents that's inside Dundee Investments. And then we go and do a home inspection for you. And then we go and do, um, we finance, your, finance the deal with you. Uh, for both sides, by the way, for investors, give them a little bit of capital and at the same time do it for, do mortgages uh, for, or get at least referral mortgages to um, to the seller or the, the person that wants to go and buy another property or, or uh, so on and so forth. 
that's really what I want to do with Dundee Investments LLC is make it so it's a one-stop shop. We have real estate agents. We have home inspections. We have financing for both investors and sellers. Uh, and a lot more stuff that I have in mind. It's just I want to keep keep on doing different things where it's helping that seller get out of that distressed situation and put them into a new home and, uh, and help the investor as well do different resources for investors that are helping take the risk and helping reflip the properties and stuff like that. So that's kind of the big idea with uh, what do you call it? Dundee Investments LLC is that that's really what I want to do. So that's Dundee Investments LLC. Um, we're going to close it out, but before I end it, I do want to let you know that uh, I'm going to go over the board again. So we do have our own hosting website, which is goals and updates.podbean.com. So go over there, check that website out. That's the audio of all these episodes, all the old episodes. I'm working on getting all the new and updated episodes up there as fast as I can. Um, my goal is like every week to get at least like nine or 10 episodes up and running. Eventually we'll catch up and eventually just be like, a, be, um, I finished the episode and then, uh, kind of talking a lot, uh, you know, I'm kind of talking fast right now, but, um, I'm just getting excited, but it, I'll have all the episodes updated. So eventually we'll get there. So that's goalsandupdates.podbean.com. That's our physical website that you can put in your phone, mobile devices. You can even download the app for Podbean and then just look up goals and updates. That way, if you want to listen to it in your car. And like I said, it's free. Listen to all the old, up, uh, all the old episodes and new episodes, co-hosting episodes. And po or the Patreon support is patreon.com slash goalsandupdates for our $1 membership. Less than a cup of coffee, you can help support this show because all this content is free. Everything I do with goals and updates comes out of my pocket personally. And everything is free, all the free content that I produce. So it's it's a way where, you know, it might not sound like a lot. A $1 from one person might not sound like a lot, but if we get 20, 50, 100 people, that's easily $100 a month where it'll be donated back into the show. Each person contributes a dollar a month and it just gets re-contributed back into goals and updates and, and maybe even go and be able to go get a studio or, you know, just different things that'll help create the content and the show. And that'll be really interesting. So that's patreon.com slash goals and updates for the $1 membership, less than a cup of coffee. You can help support this show. Now, the last thing I'm going to talk about is Apple Podcasts. We just got approved for Apple Podcasts, so all you have to do, now obviously you have to have an Apple product to be able to go into the Apple Podcast Store, but all you have to do is go into the app for the Apple Podcast and type in search goals and updates, and we'll pop up. So that's all the stuff on the board. I'm going to wrap it up right now. So this has been episode 114 of Goals and Updates. My name is Tyler Dunn. Investments LLC, where the deal is already done. Have a great rest of your day, guys. See you soon. Peace. I want to thank you personally for checking out our free content with over 10,000 hours of free content. Show us some support on whatever platform you are on by hitting a like button, commenting, or by sharing the podcast. Help us out by being a Patreon member at www.patreon.com slash goals and updates.